Hello and welcome to another episode of Below the Fold. It's our quarantine edition. Brandon's at his home, Paxton's at the office, I'm at the office, but nobody's here. Is anyone over there, Pax? Are you by yourself pretty much? No, there's a handful of people here, but not a lot. Well, you got a big thick piece of glass to separate you from them. So, okay, so uh, we just wanna we just wanna get together. We we were hoping to do this a little bit sooner than we are, uh, but Paxton had a baby and uh, was out, and and now he's he's back in it, and so we're excited to kind of get back together and put together a, a special show uh, and see how this works. Maybe this will become a, a more regular uh, format for us. Anyway, let's start with, uh, chatting about where we've, where we've been the last couple months. I feel like you've had the most interesting story. You think I do? Yeah. Well, we can that's, start there if you want. That's my hunch. <laughs> it's as if you're my friend and know about my life. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, COVID-19, uh, devastated the company I was working at. So I was working at Connect. Um, I don't know how many episodes we had actually before before this. Did we only do one episode? Two? I think we uh, recorded two, but one like, didn't go live. We had at least two that went was, live. I thought it was more than that. I'm pretty sure it was like three. Okay. Well, two or three. So uh, people who who have his, people who have listened historically would know that I left Vivint back in September. I started a new job at Connect, which is a um, a business texting platform. Uh, they've been around for a couple of years, but still were relatively small. Well, in March, when COVID really hit, uh, they did cutbacks. I think twenty percent of the company got laid off, and all of digital, which was just me at the time, was uh, was let go. So for almost two months, I was unemployed, which honestly was like, I mean, it was hard because I was lonely, but I got a lot, I got a lot done and, uh, and it was actually a positive experience. Well, now I, uh, I'm back in the Vivint family and, uh, I'm working for Vivint Solar running, uh, uh, their digital marketing department. So it was actually a major upgrade from where I was at and I'm thrilled. I mean, lots and lots to do here. Um, and I'm sure it'll come up, uh, every once in a while in, on the podcast. Was that interesting, Brandon? That was interesting. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, did you, did you, were you ever tempted at any time to, during the time off, so to speak, to start something new or to be like, this is my chance to go all in on this idea or what, or whatever. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like some people so, start podcasts. Like I've, I just like look at a lot of people. I'm like, oh, I'm starting a podcast. I'm starting this. Like everyone's like the, the, all those little itches they've had. They've kind of just like, this is my time to, to do that. Yeah. It almost feels like you're trying to lead me somewhere. No, I was uh, not actually, I, <laughs> I was not thinking that originally. And then halfway through, I was like, oh yeah, I think there was something that, he was, <laughs> that was not my intention. Well, this isn't, this isn't really secret because our first episode this year, although I may not. I may have thrown away our first episode where we were talking about our resolutions first, and what we want to do. Maybe our first episode this year was uh, do Super Bowl commercials pay off. So we've had three that went live, and then one that's been recorded but has not gone live yet. So, so the first one four. we actually recorded, the very first one, was a New Year's one, and I did. I hated it, and I so we didn't air. We didn't air that one. 
And I remember in that episode, I talked about wanting to start a software company this year. And uh, so I started the process of doing that. And during the two months I was out, I, I kind of pushed harder to get more stuff done. That's still, that's still out there. I'm not quite ready to go public with a lot of that information yet, but people who are listening can get a little bit of a preview and just know that uh, there's a little something, something uh, that I'm working on on the side that they can look forward to in the coming months. But yeah, there were, the, as I said, I was, I was trying to stay as productive as possible and uh, wasn't a hundred percent successful. I think a little bit of a depression set in for a little bit, but uh, now that now that the world is uh, starting at the early stages of getting back to, to normal, uh, there's a little bit of hope. And was the depression because you're more of an extrovert personality and you just like have the need to physically be around people or was yeah, it like I, uncertain isolated, times kind of no, thing? No, well, maybe a little bit of both. I think it was mostly the isolation. I'm, I'm not built, I'm not built for quarantine. Uh, that was really, really hard for me. My batteries were drained and I like, I just need to be around people to energize me. But anyway, enough about me. Uh, other things have happened. Brandon, look, I mean, look at his new, his new home office. He's got, this has happened before that. I was going to say, I don't think that's new. Is it? (laughs) I mean, the chair's new. This, uh, not just the chair, not just, I mean, you've been building this out. No one's seen it. You haven't recorded a video for the podcast. Nobody has seen this. That's true. Except for, you know, 40,000 of your YouTube subscribers. Well, yeah. You also started a Twitch channel and you're streaming. Mm -hmm. That's That's a COVID update. Yeah, I guess. Uh, It was going to happen regardless. It was just kind of part of the timeline of like, okay, I'll start doing Twitch streaming then. But um, some streams are better than others. But yeah, the the whole stay at home type stuff has definitely motivated me to get a better chair. I was using a chair, which is back there. It's like $50 chair I got in 2014. Comfy chair. But man, when you're sitting all day, eight hours for work, and then you've got, you know, you're doing some like maybe YouTube stuff on the side at night. And then doing some gaming on top of that, it's a lot of hours in a chair. So I finally invested in a better chair. Actually using an affiliate link from one of our interns here, uh, Tariq, at 97th floor. So I think the affiliate program is terrible. He gets like, I think like a spray bottle to like wash his chair down or something like that. I thought he was going to get like a hundred bucks or something like that, but kind of a lame program. But yeah, this whole thing, I I feel like it's been nice for me. Like, I don't know, I I feel bad because it's like, this whole COVID-19 has been like the best time ever. Like mortgage rates have dropped so low. It's like, I'm going to save like 400 bucks a month on my mortgage. Yeah. Just be, oh, I mean, we're, we're finishing it up, but like I closed on this house at like the peak. It was like 4.625 or something like that. And right now it's, it's 3.1. It's still kind of low. It's still low in the grand scheme of things. Uh, yeah, I feel like I, I saw this tweet and someone was like, if you have not refinanced right now and you're able to, you're like basically wiping your butt with money every single day. So I was like, I guess I got to do it. And everyone I know. It depends though. On it, like it does depend. How long you're going to stay in the house. I'm also at 3.6, I think. 3.6. Yeah. That's a little, I've, I've read the rule of thumb is like, you should at least save a percent and and then also closing costs like whatever you spend in closing costs you should be able to like basically make that back in the first five years if it's going to take more than five years you're it's probably not so i've been like reading a bunch of stuff and i was like yeah it's a no-brainer and i've only you been also in this start the clock over 
Yeah, That's which I've only been important. in this house for like a year. So like and the did, clock starts a year. When you refinance, do you is it that you're refinancing the amount that you owe left on your house or are you refinancing for the total value of your house? Total value of the house. So, so like let's pretend that you your house is worth four hundred thousand and you mm-hmm. owe two hundred thousand and yep. you refinance. Do they give you a check for two hundred thousand dollars and then you make payments on a four hundred four hundred thousand dollar loan? Well, it depends on, so if I owe 200,000, man, my mind is like, I need my caffeine. Oh, all of a sudden we ask some hard questions and and it's caffeine. (laughs) It is. It is. Numbers. I have always sucked at numbers, like on the spot kind of stuff, even like basic stuff. But yeah, like if my home comes in, they're like, all right, your home's valued at 400,000 and you have, um, and you owe $200,000 left or is it you owe $200,000, then I get, oh gosh, why am I? having a hard time thinking about this right now. Oh, give me a minute. My brain is fried right now. That's okay. I'll look this up. (laughs) This is sad. I had this all figured out with my other numbers. So you refinance though is the point. Yes. And then basically the, the dumb thing to do is like cash out refinance. That's usually where it's like a bad idea, right? People have a bunch of debt. So they refinance, they put all that cash towards like credit cards and crap like that. Or they take it out and they put it towards like, oh, I'm going to build a deck outside or I'm going to do this. That's where it's like, just ref- like take the extra equity that your home has increased in and then put that cash towards your loan. So um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what it is. And even if you don't get any cash back, just refinancing it. Like it's so low right now. Mine was so much higher that even if I didn't have any equity, um, I would. So what's your rate at right now? The, like my current current rate is 4.625. No, I mean the new one. The new one's 3.1 something. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I'm at, I'm at 3.85, I think. 3.75, something like that. So uh, I'm not going to do it, but saving 400 yeah. bucks a month, that's pretty good. It's already dropped uh, just two weeks ago. It was 3.25 when I reached out. And then now it's already went to 3.1. So now I'm like, do I do I keep waiting before I lock it in or is it going to go back? Speculation is that we're going to reach negative interest rates by uh, January of next year. So they'll be paying me to buy a house. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's the fed negative interest rates, but that would equal much lower, even lower uh, um, mortgage rates. Yeah. Banks usually add 3% to it. Anyway. Yeah. That's now from a marketing perspective, it's been chaos. Uh, just like trying to get, I mean, one of our big missions at, at 90 cent floor is really to try to be like a beacon, a voice in, you know, the, in these kind of uncertain times from a marketing perspective, you know, 90 cent floor was super successful in 2008 that during that recession, which was what the great recession, I think it's called. Um, and, uh, which I would do nothing about that recession probably because yeah. Um, cause you were a little baby. You were like 16 years old. No, I was out on my mission. So like, I don't know, like I didn't have finances. It's just like, I oh, just, yeah. I just teach about uh, religion all day <laughs> about Jesus. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, it's been busy from that aspect and, and whatnot. But yeah, for, for me, from a personal aspect, it's been great. And I'm the opposite of Jacob where the, uh, the alone time is not a bad thing. I loved it at first. And then I went through a phase where I was like, man, I got to get back in the office. This is like getting old. I don't know if it, I don't know if it was like getting this chair or what, but 
now I'm just like, I think I, I finally like adapted to where I was like, oh yeah, I could like, I just wake up and I think like I can go for a run. I can get, I can, I can go from a run to shower to a meeting within like half an hour. And that's very difficult from, from driving in. Um, but I still like, there are days of stuff where I want to go in and, and, and whatnot, but that part has, I'm surprisingly have adapted in that area. And it kind well, of sounds from, like coming from a company where you can work from home whenever you want. It seems like it wouldn't sure. be as much of a, an, an adjustment. Yeah, it wasn't an adjustment. I mean, for some it was. I, again, I, I already had like a home office that I've been building for who knows how long. Whereas other people, they go home and it's like, I've got my bed and like a fridge to put my laptop on. And that's like what they work off of. And so for those people, it's a lot. It's a totally different ball game. Yeah, but yeah that makes every, sense. everything for me, like everyone's been healthy. Everything's been cheap. I go to a drive-through. Oh, now I can't go through a drive-through because the lines are crazy. But during that time, if you got takeout, it was like a dream. You roll right, roll, roll right up. They give you your food. Yeah. You leave. It was just like, man, this is amazing. I wish people weren't dying so I could like feel better about this. But uh, a lot of things to take advantage of during that yeah. time. Yeah. And, and uh, on the agenda for today, in the next few minutes, uh, we'll get to it. Uh, talking about what our thoughts are on on uh, what it's going to be like when things kind of go back to the new normal, but I'm looking outside my office right now and there's literally just like a field of empty, of empty space and nobody's here. I'm terrified that companies, well, at least the company I work for, I don't care about other companies are just going to say, all right, well, this has worked out so well. Uh, we're going to, we're going to stay uh, work from home and I'm just going to basically replace loneliness at home for loneliness at work. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. So PAX, Yo. uh, despite the fact that I was unemployed and, and, uh, going through some weird stuff, you probably had the most drastic change in the last little while. Tell us about uh, what you've been through. Um, while you yeah. tour the office, Why? this tour of a bunch of empty desks. Everything's <laughs> at I think it's just me and my brother here today, actually. Um, uh, so we had a baby right in the middle of the height of the pandemic. COVID I think baby. It was, um, I think our daughter was born like two days after the earthquake. And that was like a time of, I would say like probably the most panic that people were feeling, including myself. Yeah, I think you're right. Actually, there was a lot of anxiety there. End of world exactly. stuff. The day the earthquake happened, I was just like, pandemic, earthquake. Like, I went out and bought a generator, bought a freezer, <laughs> I bought tons of water. And I was just like, I got to take care of this family and this brand new baby yeah. is coming. Like, I'm going to do whatever I can to protect my family, you know? And I don't think it's as bad as I was feeling like it was back then. So I think that for me has been the most negative side is just the in envisioning societal collapse, you know, that those thoughts have entered my head a lot, um, much more a month and a half ago than, than recently. Um, more recently though, I've been really loving my situation. Uh, you know, there's a lot of work for me to do. Um, but I find that, uh, working from home, my kids have started to learn, like you don't, I don't have an office. I work in like a little alcove. So there's no like privacy and no walls and stuff. So that's rough. 
but my kids learn not to come bother me usually when I'm like in a meeting and stuff. Um, but then I get to mix it throughout the day. Like, you know, I'll, I'll have lunch with them or I'll go play with them if I don't have a meeting or something I need to be doing. And then I've been also doing just like a crap ton of gardening, like so much gardening. I have a, a really giant vegetable garden I built and, uh, yeah, we're growing like corn, spinach, lettuce, peas, beans, carrots, tomatoes, zucchini, peppers, garlic, strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, like all this food. Wow. And, uh, it's been awesome. Like, uh, just getting outside and like doing hard work with my hands, uh, has been super therapeutic for me. I've enjoyed that a lot. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been doing some weeding. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, some weed. it's the same. Yeah. That's the same. <laughs> That's awesome. So what about from like a, what about from a, a, a work standpoint? Yeah, I was going to say, how, so how I, has this all affected things over there? Um, yeah, surprisingly not much. I mean, some, some, you know, some leads like new leads come in, like we were in the middle of deals and they started freaking out and, and that those kind of went cold. Um, overall new leads are, are probably down. Um, but we haven't had to lay anybody off. I don't foresee us having to lay anybody off. I mean, we might like people go, but just for normal reasons that have nothing to do with coronavirus. Um, so yeah, it's been surprisingly calm. I would say over here, uh, I, I was out for six weeks, kind of, I was still doing some meetings. Um, but for the past three weeks I've been back and I've been doing one-on-ones with people and it's, it's interesting. They're doing some of the best work they've ever done. Like our clients are, many of them are like at all time highs. They're really happy. Like every week I get messages from clients about like how pumped they are with their team. And I, I think that's maybe a combination of clients appreciate the success more during this time when they yeah. can see others not having success. I think that's probably a factor. And then the team, I, everyone's just like, at least on the fulfillment side, I haven't had much contact with individual like sales team members or people on Brandon's team, but on the fulfillment side, people are just like super happy and like I always pop in and I check in with people. Like I usually check in with three to five people every day. And um, I was expecting to have to be like, Hey, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. Like, do you need anything? And everyone's just like, Nope, I'm awesome. Like this is, and, and today our office officially is back to normal. And uh, it's just me and Spencer here. So I don't think a lot of people are dying to come back in. I think they've, they've found kind of their rhythm that works with them and the results prove that it's like working. So whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm someone who likes to come to an office like full of people, but I, 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 I prefer even more than that to get good results for our clients. So, so I, that's a pretty good transitional period or a topic topic. Have you guys changed tactics at all? I mean, what I'm hearing and seeing is that like, the marketplace is uh, from like a paid perspective is a lot cheaper because a lot of companies are pulling out. So the bids are a lot lower. I mean, do you think that has something to do with your ability to leverage success for clients and is it temporary? So overall my um, opinion for most clients, and this is like general for like others, like there are weird specific situations for sure. But in general, 
what clients should be doing is taking advantage of the lower cost per click that they can see right now. Also, search volume for a lot of SEO keywords are going up. So overall, traffic is going up, but purchases are going down. Conversions are going down. So uh, the two things that I think most people should do, or, or three things I should say, is take advantage of the cheaper prices on the increase in traffic. Acknowledge that that's not going to lead right now to increased conversions, but improve your conversion rate optimization uh, in order to squeeze as much juice from that lemon as possible. And then uh, invest heavily in email marketing to Nurture. capture names and email addresses of that higher amount of volume so that three months from now, when purchases start to go up or six months or whenever, you get, you're sitting on this giant pile of names and email addresses that you can then market to through email marketing. Yeah, I think that's great. What about you, Brandon? Have you changed any of your tactics to get more leads? Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just more of like a, a shift in direction. And a lot of it is like just industry specific. I think it's one of the advantages that 90 cent floor has had to where, you know, there's some agencies where they kind of niche down in like three areas. It's like, we do marketing for education companies. We do it for dental offices, crews, whatever. I mean, imagine if we like niche down in the travel industry and then this hit, like we would lose 80 plus percent of our clients, but because yeah. we have a pretty diverse portfolio of clients, yeah, some are going to struggle. I mean, we have one of the biggest cruise companies in the world still sticking with us. Obviously they're getting hit, but um, man, if we were all traveled, it'd be crazy. So what we've been really doing is just looking at a lot of outside reports coming in on what industries are having the most layoffs and which industries are having the most, most growth. The financial industry is, is growing right now. Uh, health and wellness is growing. Like a lot of people are paying more attention to their health than they are now. I mean, you can't even buy, like it's so hard. I want so bad to buy like a set of dumbbells or something and every, all the prices are just insane and the shipping yeah. times are so long because everybody's trying to build their own home gym. Um, and I, yeah, I regret, cause I was going to pull the trigger on some stuff around like January and I, I'll hold off. And then, cause usually summertime, like no one cares. Everyone wants to be outdoors. I figured the prices would be cheaper then. That was a bad prediction, but so yeah, it's well, Jan January is not really the best time either, but it's that's not yeah. why you were holding off. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my thinking was, uh, it's a little high right now. New year's resolutions. It's cold outside. Didn't pay off, but, uh, I'll, life goes on, but yeah, it's, so it's been a lot of the same tactics, so to speak. It's just really pushing more instead of just like broad stuff. It's let's do, let's create content for the financial sector. Let's create content for productivity management software because that, you know, we're just trying to identify the industries that are doing well and then creating content specifically for them that, that would attract them. We want to be able to attract people who have money. We still create content. Like we have one where it's like a COVID-19 marketing checklist basically for struggling companies. So whether you're a restaurant or something like that, it just gives you a really good checklist of go through these things and answer these questions and, and do these things. Uh, and you'll, you know, you'll, it'll just help you out with your marketing if you, cause a lot of people just don't know what to do. I mean, my brother owns a restaurant chain. You both know that. And like for the first time ever, he's finally been doing like marketing. He's always been resistant because he's like, well, the product's not perfect yet. And I don't want to get people in here. And this has forced him to like, Oh, we got to do online ordering. We, we got to start taking Instagram more seriously. And he's been doing all that and it's helped a ton. And so 
my hope is that there's a lot of businesses like that who see the value, like marketing, I think for a lot of people is just kind of like, it's a nice thing to have a cherry on top. Whereas marketing during these times has been like the difference between surviving or not. And so now that businesses, at least the smaller ones are seeing that, wow, I've got to market to survive. Hopefully that, that increases the value of an agency to where we have the resources and the time and, and the expertise that they don't have and that we could get them those results without them having to spend 90% of their day. So yeah, it's just been, we've been doing a lot of experimentation and just a lot of thought leadership, so to speak, of just trying to have a very small voice and really just uh, push. Um, there's just a lot of depressing messaging out there. And I, I feel like we've been more focused on just pushing positivity. Like this is the time for businesses to take advantage of stuff. Just like, you know, as if you're a homeowner and you have a job and, and you're seeing these rates go down, like take advantage of that. Stocks are down. If you have the money to like invest in stocks, it's a fantastic time to invest because it's going to go up eventually, but not everyone has that luxury. But if you are a company and you have that luxury of, I mean, you're Zoom or you're in financial or any of these industries, now's the time to be doubling down on your PPC and, and doubling down on your SEO. So we're just trying to hit those companies harder. And uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of been, I guess, the, the high level overview of what we've been doing is just trying to go industry specific and specifically industries that studies are showing uh, to be performing very well. You know, that's a, that's, uh, you said a few things that kept like pinging ideas into my head. One, uh, I, when I lost my job in March, uh, it was easy to blame COVID, right? Like, oh, this, this, this whole pandemic is like ruining the, the, the market. And, and, and it was like this negativity, but at the same time, COVID has created opportunities and it was because of COVID that the opportunity uh, was created that I got the job at Vivint, which I'm way more excited about. Uh, and it's a way better opportunity. So although it was COVID that um, got me laid off, it also created this opportunity. And it was for that exact reason that you mentioned, which was uh, Vivint Solar, they've relied their entire lifetime, which I mean, they came around in 2011 on direct to home, on door to door sales. Well, when, when the pandemic hit, they couldn't do that anymore. They couldn't send people out. And so their main source of revenue was cut off that forced them to look inward and say, wow, we really need to invest in digital. And their digital team was like less than five people. So, and, and their, their director had just left in October, their VP left in, I don't know, January, February. And they were left with kind of junior members of the team who didn't have leadership. So it, that's that opportunity that was created where they're like, wow, we can't do direct to home. We've got to really focus on digital. And now they're doubling, tripling down on digital, hiring people on like me to come in and build out this program, which I, I, I foresee if done correctly, we can prove, hey, like pandemic or no, digital is important. You should be focusing on it. Uh, so it, it's, it's gone from something negative to something. I mean, obviously it's a pandemic. I mean, people are suffering and, but, but it's always good to try to be optimistic and, and look for the positive. And that's, that's, that's the opportunity that I've been able to find. And, and, and people who are suffering, they have found opportunity as well. Um, and being super creative. I mean, you talk about your brother and, and his restaurant business. Uh, he's not the only one who came up with like, I remember J-Dogs almost immediately coming out with the ability to order online 
and they made uh, the take home, make your own pack where you can buy six dogs, throw it on your own grill and you make your own dinner. And I thought that was phenomenal. Uh, huge fan of J dogs and what they've done, but that's, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that people are having to do, get creative and look for opportunities. I bet they're going to keep that service around long after the, the pandemic is gone, allowing people to buy these, these, uh, these packages. And I think that's, that's what companies are doing. They're looking at, they're getting way more creative and coming up with, with things that they can do uh, that is going to be long lasting. My wife is a therapist. She owns her own practice and she was forced to start doing teletherapy. Uh, and 100% of her clients had to go on video chat. Well, there's always been this mentality in, in therapy, at least from her, kind of competing I ideals that it's not real therapy unless it's in person. Like there's, the, there's a very personal aspect uh, and, and very intimate and vulnerable thing with therapy that sometimes is lost in the, in the video chat. Well, so she had to start doing that 100% and crazy thing happened she was getting way more clients than she was. Uh, and, uh, and now she's talking about maintaining a certain percentage of her time for teletherapy when this is all over for the people who either don't have uh, access to transportation or, uh, or just prefer doing it online. So she now has an additional service that she can provide and that would not have existed had this, uh, this pandemic not happened. Um, so, so I think you're right, both of you. Both of you are, are, are talking about opportunities and, and uh, being creative in the way that you uh, move forward with not just your marketing, but how you run a business. Yeah, being able to adapt is, is, is huge. And uh, I, I think of like companies, I mean, Dev Mountain, for example, like they're owned by a very large for-profit education company, which can move faster than like state education but still it's so big and, and, and it adapts so slow with so many legal restraints. And I think companies like that can struggle. Like if you have a restrictive environment to where you can't just quickly pivot on, on stuff like nice in Florida, we could, if we want to have a new, like we can, we can execute tomorrow. We don't have like a giant legal team or anything like that pivoting. So like bigger companies like this, I guess the, the, the moral of the story is if you are the David and the David and Goliath fight, like, David is stronger than ever right now because David can adapt very quickly. Goliath moves very slow. Goliath's powerful and has a lot of money, but outside of that, like there, there's not a ginormous advantage that they have. One of my big worries about all of this, and this is not a marketing thing. It's just more of a cybersecurity thing. Like, Hey, I think cyber, I mean, we're already seeing in the industry reports I'm looking at cybersecurity is the demand is, is going to go up and it's going to keep going up because as you get more and more of the U S like economic system online, like everything from therapy to offices, whatnot. I mean, it's a bigger target than ever now for a cyber attack on not just the US, but I think the whole world is adapting. So like, I feel like cybersecurity companies from a marketing perspective are going to have like, their best years are ahead. Also, yeah, it's, it's also just the word like, like we get hit right now with like, I mean, imagine like offices just eventually become obsolete and like they're more of just like a place to like, go and hang out and get some work done, whatnot. Like imagine if That's we just like, if we lost internet, cause I, I was even thinking 90 cent floor, like we have the advantage where things kind of swung in our side a little bit because we are a digital marketing company and the digital world is, is just getting more and more powerful. What would happen if instead of a virus striking, it was a, a computer virus and it took down like the whole internet basically in the US. Like 
How would we even communicate with our teams? How would we pivot as a, like, would, would we just be screwed? Uh, do we, do we have like a, a home base or a Paxson's like, Hey, if internet goes down and you haven't heard from me in three days, we meet at this physical location and we, and there we roll out plan B and our new marketing strategy is this. And like, we, we just adapt, like that's kind of what it's been like for restaurants. Um, to where it's just like the government's coming in saying, Nope, you can't operate. I mean, you have drive through and whatnot, but, uh, yeah, I'm just like always thinking about like, okay, what if this swings in the other direction where online and that internet access is the thing that's affected. How does that affect life? How does, I think that's much, much bigger and much more devastating. If the internet went down, communicating with your team would be the least of your worries as far as your business goes. Sure. Yeah, I think we'd be screwed. Like that is the biggest attack I feel like you could have. Like it's so much, so much worse than a virus, in my opinion. Maybe that's a controversial thing, but uh, we're screwed if that happens. And it's it's only going to get worse on that. Um, so yeah, I thought that was interesting, but yeah, for marketing, you just, you always, this has taught me like we were not prepared for this, but it has made me think of scenarios like what could happen in the future. What, what would we do if a situation like this happened? We don't have to have a specific plan. We're wasting all of our time creating a, B and C campaigns for these different situations, but just having the thought in your head of like, how would we adapt and not, not putting all of your eggs in one basket basically. And that's a lesson marketers have always you know, been preaching, right? Just you know, don't do only SEO. Don't just do Facebook ads and rely on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but thinking bigger about not just channels, like we often just think of digital channels, but think of like economic situations. How would your marketing adapt? And that's something that I have never thought of before until this. And then now I start to think like, okay, what are other different economic situations that we could face or just, you know, other attacks or anything like that, that how would yeah. we get around that? Well, uh, I, I think, uh, and I want, I want to be respectful, respectful of your time. Uh, I know Paxton's got something coming up. Uh, we're planning on doing this more often. So I think, uh, uh, so Thursday at 930, we're going to be recording again. And, uh, and it's going to be in the same format. We'll see what happens. This is the first time we've really done this, this, this format on Zoom uh, with video. We're going to be publishing this on YouTube. And, uh, and we'll strip the audio and, and throw that on, our, on, on the podcast platforms. Uh, but if you've enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a positive review on iTunes or any of the other podcasting platform that you're listening on. Because it's on YouTube, now you can smash that subscribe button, <laughs> as oh, Brandon yeah. would say. And, uh, and, uh, and we'll try to get a little bit more video content out there. This is, this is actually pretty fun. The, the reason I I've, I've was always hesitant about doing remote is because uh, it's really hard to uh, you know, capture your body language and just talk through uh, like a normal conversation, but uh, I, I think this is this is a pretty good uh, solution. So we'll probably continue to do this. We'll probably be be publishing a little bit more frequently. Uh, but uh, until next time, we'll catch you below the fold. Pew 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 pew. pew. <laughs>